We are going to turn our Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're going to look at two sections. Two sections here. John chapter 4. And we're going to see John chapter 11. As the Spirit of the Lord wants me to take these two sections today. So that we can be ministered to by the Spirit of God. We're going to go to John chapter 4 first. And I'm going to go to verse 46. We're going to read from verse 46 onwards. John chapter 4 from verse 46 onwards. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Shall we pray? Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Father, I ask you that you'll take the scripture portion that you have just given. You'll immerse it in the oil of the Holy Spirit. You'll set it ablaze, O Lord, with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll impart it into the spirits of every single person here. That your hearts may be ignited with the fire of God that comes from the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. And all through this week, O oh Lord, that they may be sustained and built up by this word of God. That the fire of the Holy Spirit may do something new, Father, in them, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let this word impart faith into the hearts of the people. Let this word of God impart life into the hearts of the people. That each one may receive what God has for them, tailor-made by God Almighty. Deliver to them, especially with love that comes from the Father. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ may empower them to become doers of this word in the name of Jesus. That what you want to accomplish, O oh Lord, in their lives through this word of God, 
May that be accomplished. And I thank you for doing this. And I come against all the forces of darkness, every spirit of doubt, every demonic spirit of unworthiness, and every evil spirit of lies, every cobra spirit, every viper spirit, every leviathan spirit, every unclean spirit that tries to take away the word of God from the people of God. In the name of Jesus, I curse those in Jesus' name. And I subdue the works of darkness at this hour in the name of Jesus. I pray that you'll remove every slowness of heart and dullness of hearing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. That this word of God may penetrate with a great force into the spirits of your people. Jolt them out of the spiritual slumber in the name of Jesus. Jolt them out of unbelief in the name of Jesus. Jolt them out of a state of curse in the name of Jesus. And bring them into the state of blessing, O oh Lord, through the word of God. Hallelujah. That the power of your word may be realized and felt understood by your people at this hour. So that they may execute it by faith in Jesus' name. They may become inheritors of what God has for them. I thank you for doing it. Let your word be delivered to your people in an unhindered manner in the name of Jesus. Let your word be received by your people in an unhindered manner in the name of Jesus. So thank you, Father, for doing this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 46 onwards. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water wine. We all know the story where Jesus made the water into wine, where he made this miracle, where the people who were there, who felt that there's no more of this wine that was there in the wedding, it's all over. Now, what is going to happen? We don't have this anymore. It's such an embarrassment in the wedding. When that shortage is there, God comes there and he says, I care about your situation. And he moves Mary there to see the problem, to come to Jesus, to take this problem to Jesus, to let him know the condition, and for Jesus to let her know if they have a problem, let them come. Bring those people here. And they themselves came to Jesus. There's something God wants us to understand here before we go further into this passage, which is, when you see a need out there, when you see a problem there, you must be someone who will become an agent of blessing, not ignore it, like the Levite who saw the man who was beaten and wounded, left to die, he said that, I have other things to do, important things to do, and he left him there. And then you see, the priest who saw, and he said, I have more important things to do, and he went away. But the good Samaritan, he saw that, and he said, I got to do something about this person. And he stopped everything for him, and he attended to him. So many times, you may not even realize what's around you the need that is around you. Many times you may see the need and you may say, you know what, uh, I don't have what it takes to do it, so I'm not going to do what needs to be done here. So I'm just going to say, God, send somebody. Isn't that an easy prayer to pray? And he said, Lord, send somebody. Send somebody, Lord. God will ask you this question. Why don't you be that somebody? Why don't you be that somebody? Now, you see, in this case where Jesus did the first miracle in Cana of Galilee, there was somebody who cared about the problem also. This somebody 
who cared about the problem also had knowledge of the one who can fix that problem. Now you can have a lot of people who care about problems, right? They can have a lot of concern about a problem and they can come up with all kinds of solutions that will not work. But when we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, like Mary did, when you have access to the God of heaven and earth, that you know that He can do a miracle here. That He can actually relieve these people of their problems. Mary didn't say, well, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to be quiet. No. She came and she told Jesus of the problem. And when she understood what Jesus said, which is, let me go and have the people themselves come to Jesus, it worked. Now, a lot of times people will say, pray for me. How many of you have had this? Pray for me. Pray for me. Some people won't even say pray for me. Will you say, is it okay for me to pray for you? You have to ask their permission to pray for them. Is it okay for me to pray for you? And if they say yes, it's a big deal. Who is in need here? God or the person in need? So when a person who is in need of prayer, when they come to God and say, Lord, I am in need of you, when they come in contact with the miracle worker and when they express their faith, then miracles take place. A lot of times people think that I can somehow jolt a person and say that, can I please, please, please can I pray for you? And the person will say with great hesitation, all right. In situations like those, people where they say, well, if you want to pray, you can pray. Know this for sure, you'll be wasting your time. It takes humility and faith. Equation for miracle is what? Humility and faith. Humbleness to come to God to acknowledge that He can. Faith when we come to God to acknowledge that He can and He will. Will do a miracle. There are people who go and pray like that and say, please, please, I'll pray for you and they'll challenge the person. I'm going to pray for you. Watch and see God do something for you. And the person will be very hesitant and they'll say, okay, you want it, you do it. And they'll go and pray, nothing will happen. And you know what they'll say? Well, I told you it's not going to happen. And see, you prayed, nothing happened. Why? Because the person did not believe to begin with. They were not open to the working of the Holy Spirit. The first thing I would say is, in order for you to break that ground, you need to pray for that person. So that their faith comes in contact with what God wants to do. So when you look at Mary, when you look at Jesus, when you look at the disciples, when you look at the people over there, when Jesus came and told, when Mary came and told Jesus, Jesus, this is the problem there, Mary would say, what do I have to do with this? What's the meaning of that? My time has not yet come. What do I have to do with this? What, what do you expect me to do? I'm not going to do this. Now, at this point, why is Jesus saying that? Did he say that I don't care about the situation? No. Because who should be coming to Jesus? The people there. Mary came in between to help, but he said, What do I have to do with this? What are we doing here when they need to come? When someone needs healing, understand, they have to be interested in healing. They need to believe that Jesus can heal. They need to have the desire for God to heal them. We being in the middle is a good thing, but we being in the middle is to stimulate their faith to bring them to belief. Without them believing, us jumping and saying that I'm believing for you, you'll somehow get healed, will not work. Especially if they're full of unbelief. 
Now, if you know that a person is sick somewhere else and they don't know anything and you're coming on their behalf, God will heal that person there. You'll be a proxy here for them. But if a person is full of unbelief and they decide and they say that, I don't need this, I don't want this, God is not going to do it for them. And when you have people who can actually come to Jesus and ask, but you are standing in the way and you're saying, I'll ask for them, you don't have to ask, God will not do for them. So it's important. People need to come to Jesus. How will they know otherwise? Right? Just like how you get to know Jesus, they need to get to know Jesus too. So, Jesus Christ here, when he did his miracles, the first miracle he did, he had an encounter with the servants there. When the servants came to Jesus, Jesus told them, fill these six ceremonial jars with water and go and take it to your master. And they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. What do you see here? The people who came, the servants who came, they understood the shortage. And they had faith when they came to Jesus. They expressed their faith by obedience to Jesus Christ. As a result of that, the miracle took place. So we see two things here. One is the need for miracle. Two is faith. And faith is always linked with obedience. There's no faith without obedience, no obedience without faith. It's linked together. So we see the first miracle that Jesus did in Cana, where he turned the water into wine, depended upon the people who came to him with the realization that we need to get this resolved, so we are going to come and do what he tells us to do. Where? The jars needed to be filled with water. They went and got and filled that, and they took it to where Jesus told them to. And when they gave it to him, their job was done. What did they do? They did it by faith and it was done. Once it was done, the miracle was experienced by all of them. Now the servants knew what Jesus did. Uh, the disciples knew what Jesus did. Mary knew what Jesus did. The people who needed to know what Christ did that day, they knew. Mission was accomplished. So all those who needed to be involved that day, according to God's will, for them to know who Jesus was and to be blessed by it, they all got blessed. It wouldn't have happened if Jesus would have just did with Mary. God cares about us. He cares about our loved ones. So it is so important for us to do what Jesus told Mary to do. We can't be in the middle of the salvation of our loved ones and say, I'll pray, I'll pray for your healing. It's okay if you don't read and pray. I'll pray for your deliverance. You will somehow pass in your exams. There are some parents like that. The children won't pray. The children won't read. But they'll say, I'll pray for you, will you pass the exams? Is Jesus a genie? No. He who comes to God must believe that he is. We cannot use God just for earthly gain. God is interested in our soul. Every time he does a miracle, there's a work of God that God expects to take place in the soul of man. Miracles are interconnected with the souls of human beings. So when God does something in the body of a person, it actually has to stimulate something in his soul so that his soul can get connected with God. So now, we see here, as we move forward, we see why did Jesus do miracles? Let's just go here. When he heard that, let's go to verse 47. Let me just go back a little bit. Half of verse 46. 
And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, to the same place, where he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, Galilee where Jesus did the miracle, water into wine. He went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now, this man's boy is almost dying. See, the Bible doesn't say that the father thought that he was going to die. No, he was actually at the point of death. And the father is coming to Jesus and he's saying, Lord, please heal my son because my son is going to die. Please heal him. Now, as we see here, Jesus is saying something here. He's saying to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Why is God doing signs and wonders? One of the reasons, it's not the only reason, one of the reasons. Why is God doing signs and wonders? Because he wants people to believe in the living God. Because he cares for their soul. Understand that. Miracles are done because God wants to revive the souls of human beings. That's one of the reasons. What's the other reason? The other reason is God really cares. He came to heal the broken hearted because He really wants to heal people because He cares. He came to give recovery of the sight to the blind. Why? Because He wants to heal people. So, there are two parts over here. One is the care, for God, care that God has for human souls. And then the care that God has for the human body. God cares for your soul and God cares for your body. He restores my soul. And He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. So God cares for our soul. So when God does something good for us, the Bible says, the goodness of the Lord can lead a person to repentance. So the care that God has for us is for our soul. So the miracles that God does, is to draw us to Jesus Christ, to draw our souls to Jesus Christ. Now, when you look here, God says, Jesus Christ, the Son of God says this, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. So he's talking to that crowd. He's not telling the whole world that nobody will believe unless they see signs and wonders. Because Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. There are a group of people who believe in God. Even if they don't see, they still believe in God. But he's talking to that group of people who don't believe except they see signs and wonders. So Jesus performed signs and wonders to have people believe. And you also see when Jesus did the miracle where he turned water into wine, the scripture would say that, by this the disciples believed in him. So he did it to show the disciples who he was so that their faith can grow. So why does God do miracles for you? Because He wants your faith to grow. He wants your faith to grow. So, in these people, where they're full of unbelief, God says, I'm going to do something. Why? Because I'm not going to say that, well, you're full of unbelief, so I'm not going to invest my time in you, so I'm going to go away. No. God cares for people, even who don't have faith. When I say don't have faith, every person has a measure of faith. Understand this. It means that when they don't put their faith to use. When a person is full of unbelief, even to such people, God says, I'm going to do a miracle for you so that you can believe. What a good God we have. What a good God we have. This is why Jesus came to Thomas, 
was full of doubt. He said, even if I see, even if I see, I don't believe it. No matter what you say, I have to actually put my hand, finger into his nail press. I have to put my hand in his thigh. I really, seeing is not just enough. I really have to put my hand and I have to really see that this is Jesus. This is after hearing how many times Jesus said that I'll be crucified and I'll be raised from the dead and all these things that it didn't sink inside of him. So this is even worse. Worse than these people. He was a believer. He was a disciple who was with Jesus three and a half years. And now he is saying that I won't believe and Jesus didn't say, well, what a waste. I wasted three and a half years with you, Thomas, and now I'm not going to come again for you because it's going to be a waste of time. Let me go and preach to somebody else. No. He came for that one Thomas. What did he come and do? He gave him proof. God of heaven and earth didn't have to do that. But he knew that. This one time when I come to you, it's going to change your life forever, Thomas. And you're going to take the gospel all the way to India. All over the world. And you're going to give your life for me. You're never going to be there. I want to see you one more time, Jesus, now. So Jesus left everything and came for that one disciple. He said, come, Thomas. Feel me, Thomas. Come, Thomas. He went to where Thomas was. This is love. This is love. This is love. God wants your faith to grow. God wants to impart something inside of you. Even if you feel like my faith is dead, my faith is hard as a rock, and even whatever God's word goes in, it's not actually making a dent in it. God says, yes, even for you, I'm coming to you. So that your heart can be turned upside down. It can be tilled so that faith can grow. God wants to do something in the lives of all those who will let him do. And the Lord knows it takes that one time, just one time, one time, one time. When human beings give up, God says, one time, one more time, I'll come. At an unexpected time, God comes and completely transforms Thomas. God came and did this miracle in Cana, the son of God. And because of that, the disciples' faith grew. And Jesus here, to these people who didn't have the faith to believe, he says, unless you people see signs and words, you won't believe. So I'm going to do it. He didn't say, forget about you. No, he said, I'm going to do it. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now when you look at the Father, he's coming to Jesus and he says, Lord, my son is at the point of death. Now this man has faith, that's why he came. He's not coming to say, Jesus, can you do a miracle or not? And, and by this I will know that you're the son of God. No, he really had a need and he really had faith. But he was talking to him because the rest of the people around him were trying to say, is he really going to heal him or not? They had no faith. So while talking to this man, he's actually talking to the rest of the people there. But this man had faith to believe. His son was sick. He was at the point of death. Let's just go to the next verse. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Then the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. He's saying, Lord, come, come, come with me. But he's doing something for those people. When he said, you people don't believe. He didn't go with this man to the house. 
But he did something so that those people may believe the power of God, the power of the Word of God. So you see here, he said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. Very powerful. Very powerful. You know, according to your faith, God does. God is doing something here. When you look at the centurion whose servant was sick, the centurion came and said, when Jesus said, I'll come to your house, he said, Jesus, Jesus, don't come, don't come, I'm not worthy. Just say a word. The centurion had faith. He had greater faith. But this man had faith, faith enough to get his son healed, where he can say, Jesus, you come to my house and my son will live. When Jairus called Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter, Jesus went. Every time Jesus does something, there's a purpose to why he does whatever he was doing. So you look at Jesus Christ here. In this situation, he didn't go with this man, just like how he told Jairus that he was going to go. But he said, you go home, your son will live. You go home, your son will live. The Bible says over here, the man believed the word Jesus spoke to him. And he went his way. What did he do? He didn't say, Jesus, you have to come home with me. I want to see my child live when you pray. I want to see my... What if I go home and my son is still sick and you go somewhere else? He didn't have that doubt at all. When Jesus said, go home, your son lives. As soon as Jesus said, the man had enough faith in his heart to receive what Jesus spoke. This is something very important that the Spirit of the Lord wants to highlight here so that you can understand. Very important. When God releases His Word upon His people, it is important for God's people to really believe and say, I receive it right now. Jesus didn't say, Go your way, your son will live. He said, your son lives. He said, right now, go home. Death is gone. Death is gone. Death is gone. Once Jesus said that, something happened to his son there. But when did it happen? When did it happen? This is the key here. When did it happen? When did it happen to his son? When his father received it. When his father received it. When his father received it. If his father wouldn't have received it, his son wouldn't have lived. It's important. When God releases His Word, it's Rhema Word. It's the Word of God that is alive. It's the Word that is sharper than a steward's sword. It's the Word that quickens the dead. It's the Word that causes the dry bones to live. And when that Word of God is released upon God's people, it's important for us to believe because according to what Jesus said and according to even this passage, you see, the moment you believe, you have received it. This is something supernatural. We may not understand it here, it's okay. But if you understand it here, it's good. It's important for us to receive it here. It may not make sense here because supernatural things will not make sense here a lot of times. But in your spirit, if you believe, God's word is true. Whatever he said shall come to pass. When he says this will happen, it will happen. When God releases his word upon our lives, it's important to be people who say, it's mine, I take it, it's done. When I say it's done, that means after that, no worry about it. When I say it's done, after that, there's no worry about it. We should not worry. 
faith is minus worrying faith is minus doubt faith is minus fear faith is minus unbelief faith stands by itself faith has joy faith has peace faith has this reliance upon God's word that it is done once it's done you have this great peace in your heart that you know that it's done you know that it's done you walk around as if you received it because it's done this is assurance the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen that means even before you see it you have the evidence how can you have the evidence in your hands if you have not seen it and you don't have it in the physical realm but you know what in the spiritual realm you have it when god says you have it you have it because spiritual realm is a realm that you really can't see with your natural eyes just like how you have the spirit man on the inside and you cannot see your spirit man there are many things that really happen and it's important for us to place our faith in the faithfulness of the almighty god place our faith upon the word of god almighty when we do that something happens in the spiritual realm at that moment not later it is done right there jesus said to him go your way your son lives so the man believed the word that jesus spoke to him and he went his way that's it he said that's it it's done it's done it's done my son lives and he went home happy his son lives and what happened at that time what happened at that time something happened over there let's just go further and read this let's just go down a little more verse 52 then he inquired of them the hour when he got better and they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him the father knew it was at the same hour in which jesus said to him your son lives and he himself believed in his whole household so when he believed it he received it and his son received it now when he went home and he told his family who all believed his whole household believed this is what miracles will do when you believe and you believe god for what god has said and you receive a miracle you know it stimulates the faith of all those around you there are a whole bunch of people who believe in jesus as a result of your faith that you express in god and the miracle that you receive from god may god speak to our hearts this hour i want you to go to john chapter 11 now as the spirit of the lord wants us to let's just go to john 11 john chapter 11 thank you jesus and we are going to read from verse 1 onwards John chapter 11 from verse 1 now a certain man was sick Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha it was that Martha who anointed the lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore the sister sent to him saying lord behold he whom you love is sick when jesus heard that he said the sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god may be glorified through it it's very important for us to focus on the scripture for a minute jesus hears the problem jesus hears the severity of the problem and jesus says a statement he says that this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god may be glorified through it If we don't have the spiritual insight into what God is speaking, we can misunderstand what God says. A lot of times people won't understand and a prophecy comes they won't understand the depth of it. They won't understand what God is speaking until it's fulfilled. It's very deep. 
If you just look at the face value of what this sentence says, this sickness is not unto death. People will say that Jesus is a false prophet because Lazarus died. Lazarus did die. His sickness led him to death. Physically, he died. But the next half says, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And this death that Jesus is talking is about the death that cannot, the dead that cannot be brought back to life. That means the time on earth is over. So Jesus had a deeper meaning. So when the word of God comes to us, if we don't understand it the way God, God conveys it, we can actually miss what God has for us. Very important for us to know. When God speaks to us, that revelation to understand the wisdom of God, understand what God is speaking, it is essential that for there are times after the prophecy is over, the Spirit of the Lord will have me explain what God said many times. Take that time and say, this is what God said, this is what this is about. A lot of times after they say, oh, that's what it is, that's what it meant. Because the Spirit of God, when He speaks, He speaks from the mind of God. And we need to have the revelation of God in order to fully grasp what God is saying. And so here, Jesus is telling His people here, that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It is not unto death, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So someone can take this, they can say, okay, this is not unto death, that means Lazarus is not dying. And boom, Lazarus dies. What happens? Their whole faith is shaken. They say, oh no, God said he's not going to die. Now he's dead and that's it. It's over. That means God is not dependable. I can't depend upon God. And a lot of times people don't press in after that. It is important for us to know when God has spoken about something, that means, you know how Abraham was? He said, even on top of Mount Moriah, even if Isaac is gone, God is able to raise him from the dead because God has spoken something about Isaac, didn't he? It is important for us to hold on to what God has spoken in its entirety. If God has spoken something over our lives, it shall come to pass. In the middle, even if it looks like everything is turning opposite to what God has spoken, it's important for us to hold on to what God has spoken because that's where our faith will be put to test. When things go upside down, it's at that place our faith will be put to test. Now let's just continue reading here. Let's go to John chapter 11 and go to verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Very interesting why the Spirit of God put this scripture there. To say that he loved Lazarus, he loved Martha, he loved Mary. So what did he do? He rushed immediately. He closed down his ministry and he said, I love them so I need to go meet their needs. And did he go? No. What did he do? He loved them so much that he stayed behind. He didn't go right away. According to human mind, it will not make sense. Always understand. Heaven's calculations is opposite many times to earthly calculations. It will not go hand in hand. It goes opposite because heaven's result is not according to earth's result. It actually surpasses in a huge way. 
So when Jesus said he loved Lazarus, he loved Mary, he loved Martha, that means he was going to do something that is all beyond their understanding. He's going to do something good for them. We need to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So because he loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, what did Jesus do? In the human sense, he let them cry for some more days. I pray that God will help you understand it. Jesus didn't come. Imagine how Mary would be. Mary would say, oh Jesus loves us. He will be coming. Is Jesus coming? Is Jesus coming? Is Jesus coming? Is Jesus coming? Lazarus' health is going downward and downward and downward. Is Jesus coming? Martha's looking at Mary. Mary's looking at Martha. Jesus should be coming. He should be coming. He should be coming. Jesus did not come. They went through an agonizing period. Who? Mary, Martha and Lazarus whom Jesus loved so much. That's why the scripture says that he loved them so much. Jesus didn't go. Just because God loves you doesn't mean that he'll give you anything and everything whenever we ask. Because when he has something far better, sometimes we'll have to cry a little more. Sometimes it may take a little longer. Sometimes we have to endure more pain. We may have to shed more tears. Not of despair, but of faith. Knowing that, Lord, you're coming. I know you're coming. You're coming. You're coming. We're crying, but looking. Because the pain is real. Lazarus is really suffering. Lazarus is really going downhill. Lazarus is going through pain. Martha and Mary are looking, seeing him, agonizing pain. And Mary and Martha are weeping. We can't help. They are helpless. Saying, they know Jesus loves us. We know Jesus loves us. We know Jesus loves Lazarus. Jesus, where are you? Jesus is coming. They know Jesus will come. Jesus will come. That's why they were waiting actually. They had faith. Jesus will come. But it didn't happen in your life when things take longer than it should. Never question God's love for you. It's because He loves you, He's taking time. Because God loves you, He's taking time. It's because God has a bigger plan, He's taking time. It's because of His love, He's taking time. When His time comes, you come and show Mary and Martha. Because He stands there with you. Jesus stands there with you too. He stands by the grave and he sheds tears at death, at sickness. Those were not hopeless tears for Jesus, no. He was angry at sickness because it came as a result of sin. Not because of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, no. Because of sin that came to the Garden of Eden. He was angry at sickness because of that. His beloved people suffered. He got angry at death. And what did he do? He brought Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus came out of the grave. Now you see one kind of faith where the sisters are waiting. Lazarus would have that faith too. Waiting, Jesus coming. Mary would have told Lazarus, Lazarus, Jesus coming. We told Jesus, he's coming. Just hold on a little longer. Martha said, hold on a little longer, Jesus is coming. Suddenly, he was gone. Think about this fight. They would have screamed, Jesus, Jesus, my brother's gone. Jesus, my brother's gone. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, my brother's gone. They were still waiting, still waiting. Jesus, let Jesus come. Let Jesus come. Because they knew 
He who is coming has promised he will not tarry. He has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. When he says, this sickness is not unto death, he had a plan in mind. God has a plan in mind. God has a plan for you in mind. God has a plan for me in mind. God, had a, God has a plan for all of us in mind. When we have that faith, even though we have to go through suffering, even though we have to go through sickness, even though it may be near death, God says, for my people, there's no deceit. For my people, there's no deceit. Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha. Jesus loved Mary. And he stayed there for two more days. And after that, he said, let's go. You think Jesus had no heart and he had no feelings? No. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And he came and he wept. He wept because they had to go through that. Because of sickness because of death and out of agony and anger against sickness and death he said Lazarus come forth what happened Lazarus got up and he came out because he loved Lazarus because he loved Martha and Mary all three of them got to witness the resurrection power of Jesus Christ on earth even before Jesus rose from the grave they got to see the power of Jesus Christ up close. And because of that, many people believed in Jesus. There's a big crowd that came to see Jesus. They came to see Lazarus. Lazarus, are you, are you the same dead person? Lazarus, you are bound. Are you the same person who was embalmed? Lazarus, it's been four days. This is the same Lazarus. And they came and saw him. They believed in Jesus. Before, Jesus came to their home and he stayed there. Jesus taught them many things and Jesus ministered from their home. Now the ministry became different. There's a prophecy God is giving in this hour. Our suffering is never in vain. If we have to go through suffering and God will let us pay for it, your reward will be much greater. Your reward will be much greater. Many more people will come to know the power of Jesus Christ. Many more people will come to know the power of Jesus Christ. That our suffering is not in vain. The time that God prolongs is not in vain. What we are going through is not in vain. Many people through our lives will see the Messiah. Many people through our lives will see our Savior. Many people through the agony that we went through will also witness the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. They all saw us sick, right? They all saw the suffering. They all saw Lazarus' sickness. They all saw Lazarus in the grave. They all saw Lazarus come out of the grave too. This is who our God is. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Jesus Christ healed this man's son when he believed in him. Jesus brought Lazarus from the grave when they believed in him. Jesus told him, only believe. You believe this long, your faith made me come here. Believe a little more. That's what God is telling you today. You held on this long, 
Hold on a little longer. Believe a little more. And you shall see the glory of God. You shall see the glory of God. In this noble man's family. The entire family got to witness the healing. And they all believed in Jesus. In Lazarus' life. The entire community got to see and believe in Jesus. God wants to do something big in your life. Are we satisfied with something small? Are we looking for some temporary relief and temporary healing and temporary satisfaction and temporary blessings? Or are we looking for something far greater? Are we looking for something that will yield eternal dividends? Are we looking for something that will yield eternal wealth? Are we looking for something that is going to be eternal, that is going to last forever, that is going to build the kingdom of God, that is going to bring many people to the salvation and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ? That means you have to endure a little longer. Endure a little longer as the Lord spoke last week. You're just a few steps away. I actually saw a beautiful picture as the Lord was giving the prophecy last week. Right next to the tomb, Jesus is standing there. A few more steps there and he's standing there. He's going to bring our loved ones. Give their hand to our hand. They put it into our hand. That's what God is going to do. Just a few more steps away. We just need to persevere. We just need to persevere. We just need to persevere. Whatever needs to happen to you will happen to you if you believe in the Almighty God and say, Lord, my faith cannot be shaken, will not be shaken because it will rest upon you. It will rest upon you. I'm not going to go by sight. I'm going to go by faith. Shall we all stand up together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.